excited. Paul's going to be sharing with us today, and I'm, I know it's going to be good. So, Paul, come on up. Let's pray for Paul. Lord, we just thank you for this brother. We thank you for his heart for you. We thank you, Lord, for the word that you've put inside of him. And Lord, I ask for uh, you to just pour out, Lord, your heart for us. We want to hear from you. So Lord, speak through Paul. In Jesus' name. Well, good morning, everybody. How are you all? That was a really awesome time with the Lord in worship. Appreciate you, worship team, for helping us encounter the Lord. Aren't they awesome? They spend a lot of time and energy to help us encounter the Lord. You know that, right? Um, I guess I'm saying that I, I'm a, I was a worship leader, and I remember all the many hours of playing and practicing, and you know. So appreciate you guys. And uh, anyway, uh, I'm pretty sure um, the Lord is. Wanted to do something today. <laughs> um, I feel like uh, I think we're supposed to do a continuation of what we were talking about last week. How many of you guys were here last week? Yeah, awesome. Okay. And um, how many of you guys remember what we talked about last week? <laughs> yeah, what we talk about. Holy Spirit, baptism of the Holy Spirit, right? Yeah, yeah, that's good. Um, well, I feel like I'm supposed to continue on that that theme. Obviously, my gosh, he was clearly speaking to us. I don't know if you guys, for you guys who weren't there, um, at least the Sunday for me at least started. I, I get to church, and uh, a homeless guy is knocking on the the door. Um, so I go out and, you know, talk with them and he's like, man, I am like dehydrated. Can you give me something to drink? You know? So I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I just grabbed him a, whatever drink from the fridge, handed it to him, blessed him and, um, came in during worship and I'm just asking the Lord, Lord, what are you doing? And, uh, today, what do you want to do today? What's on your agenda? Cause you know, if you, you guys know us, we, we really only want to be doing what he's doing and, um, I kept getting this, I, the, the homeless guy came up to my mind's eye again, and, and the Lord was saying, like, I want to fill those who are thirsty, you know, and then uh, we started singing about the river and singing about being thirsty for God. I remember Miriam was singing all that, and uh, I was asking, I was asking Travis, you know, hey, man, what are you getting? And uh, he was like, oh, no, what are you getting? <laughs> And, you know, I told him what I was getting, and he just started laughing. And, of course, he shares, like, what he was speaking on uh, that, you know, last Sunday and uh, about being thirsty and being filled with, with the Holy Spirit. And, uh, you know, there was a bunch of other things, too. And then we get, I get home, and I'm like, Heather, uh, my wife Heather, she, she teaches uh, the older kids, and I'm like, what did you guys talk about last, last Sunday, just out of curiosity? And guess what they talked about? Holy Spirit. <laughs> and uh, specifically, getting to know the Holy Spirit. And then I get a text from Sherry, and she said the Lord convicted her to bring her flags. And one of them was like the, the river of God, you know, Holy Spirit stuff. I mean, he's saying something. I'm saying all that because he's saying something. And I don't know about you, but... I want to know what he's saying, and I want to do what he's doing. And um, so, you know, that's, whatever he's doing is the most important thing. On, it should be the most important thing on our agenda. And we want to give time. We want to give energy and effort to it. And um, so Travis shared. He gave an awesome word uh, on receiving the baptism of the Holy Spirit, being filled with the Holy Spirit. And I uh, encourage you guys to, to, if you haven't heard it, listen to the podcast. And, um, and we, we're, you know, really feeling like we're supposed to continue on, on the theme um, about the Holy Spirit. And um, I'm just going to pray really quick. Holy Spirit, we, we love you. We welcome you here.
And we just declare right now, you are the most welcome person in this room right now. We, we give you lordship. We, Lord, be Lord of this meeting. Be Lord over everything that we're doing. Lead us. Show us what you're doing. Move on us this morning. We welcome you to come and move on us. We open our hearts to whatever you want to do. We literally, we literally make room for you. Because we want you. Lord, they don't need another message. We don't need another teaching. We need you. So come, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Lord. All right. So I feel like uh, we're supposed to continue to talk about this. Um, and even it was confirmed, really, when Josh was some of the songs that he picked this morning. Um, you know, that, that one song, you're going to help me out here. So it's like, you fulfill every longing, right? You fulfill every longing. There's really, uh, I, I feel like that's what we're supposed to talk about this morning. You know, God created us to need him. You know that, right? He created man to need God. I know that sounds simple, but it's something that we need to really understand and have a, a grasp about because we, our behavior a lot of the times doesn't show that we really understand this. And uh, so I, I really feel like we're supposed to target this and that we were made to be filled and consumed by the Holy Spirit. You know, when uh, God created man, when he was forming Adam out of the dust, you know, he, was, he, was, he built him in a certain way and in such a way for him to need God. There was something put in Adam when he was forming him to need God, to have a hunger for God. And guess what? That need and that hunger is still there today in all of us. We're man, right? We're part of Adam, right? And um, he knows this. You know, a lot of times we feel like God's like, um, he puts a need within us, and then we're just kind of like, oh, gosh, how are we going to get this need met? How are we going to get this hunger met? And we forget, wait, wait, wait a second. God created this need, so he must want to fulfill this need. And I don't know about you, but that gives me faith, and it gets me excited because God knows I need him. So when I ask for him, he comes and he can fulfill me. Okay? So he created Adam. He created him originally to be close in an intimate fellowship with himself. He designed him to feel spiritually full with him. With God. He also designed him to feel spiritually empty without him. That we would feel a lack when we are not in intimate, close relationship with Jesus. I know this is simple, but this is very clear. Uh, we got to be very clear and kind of set the stage here. You know, and, and to kind of prove this a little bit, what... You ever thought about, you know, why God set up the first test for Adam and Eve to be eating? You ever thought about that? Why did he say, why did he put two trees in the garden and say, hey, you can eat of anything except for this one tree, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil? Why didn't he say, I don't know, let's be creative here. Hey, you can wear any kind of clothes you want in the garden here, but you can't wear, I don't know, <laughs> sweaters. Because <laughs> once you wear a sweater, I guess my wife would know if she ever saw me in a sweater, you will surely die. I hate sweaters. <laughs> or why, why didn't like the Lord say, like, um, yeah, I know, that's random, I know. But, but do you know what I'm saying? You see, you see what I'm getting at here? Why did he say, why did he choose 
the first test to be an eating test. You ever really thought about that? Sometimes we just read through it and just be like, oh, that's, yeah, yeah, that's right. Tree, good knowledge, uh, you know, knowledge of good and evil, tree of life, you know. Why didn't he just say, hey, you can go anywhere in the garden, but you can't go in this little corner over here? Why did he choose food? Because you, you want to know why he chose food? We need food to survive. I heard somebody saying that. That's right. Yeah. It satisfies, right, the flesh. It, it fills us up. Appetites are a big deal, yeah. It's symbolizing. You can't live without food. It's symbolizing appetites for God. You know, um, God created in us a hunger for him, and he wanted us to choose him freely over trying to fill that hunger, hunger on our own. And, you know, we've got the two, two uh, trees, right? You've got the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And this, this tree was a temptation to be like God apart from God. And to fill that need for God independently. Does that make sense? That's what the tree of knowledge of good and evil represented, right? Genesis 3, 4 through 6, you will not certainly die. This is the serpent said to the woman, for God knows that when you eat from it, your eyes will be opened and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. And when the woman saw the fruit of the tree of good and uh, was good for food and was pleasing to the eye and also desirable for gaining wisdom. She took some and she ate it. You know, see, so within Eve and Adam was a hunger, a hunger for God. You know, these, these two trees weren't necessarily for meeting a, a natural appetite. They were to meet, to meet a spiritual appetite. So Eve had this hunger for God, yet she wanted to, in her own strength, fill and meet that need through the tree of knowledge of good and evil, represents, which represents being like God apart from God. Does that make sense? So she wanted to independently fill that need, that God-created need for him on her own. And guess what that was, that, guess what that was called? Sin, right? This is where sin entered in the world. And if you want a definition for sin, that's your definition for sin. It's trying to meet the need of God in your life with something else independently from God. Everything that we go after, and, and that the, list, the Bible lists about sin, what sin is, it all starts from this one place. Trying to meet a need that only God can meet independently from God. So what do we got? We've got the tree of life. So that was the second tree. It was a symbol of what? What was the tree of life a symbol of? What? what? I heard a whisper. <laughs> Jesus. That's right. He, it, the, actually, it was Jesus, I believe, on the cross. It was prophesying. I believe the, the, the tree of life was prophesying to the cross. Because we are to what? Eat of his what? Flesh. Drink of his what? Because his body is real food, nourishment. His blood is real drink, right? John 6, right? The van Jesus vampire like <laughs> chapter, right? <laughs> Jesus really is what we were made for. That need that God created within us, only Jesus, the tree of life, would meet it. 
Does that make sense? So you got that. This is where, the, I know I'm starting from the beginning here, and this is, a lot of you guys already know this is a simple kind of, but we need to lay down this foundation. Where did this all begin? And it started in the garden. We were made for intimacy with Jesus. You know, that's why in Acts 5.20 it says, The God of our forefathers raised up Jesus, whom you killed by hanging him on a what? Tree. You ever wonder why? Why did he say tree there? Why didn't he say cross? I believe it's because he was pointing to the, the tree of life, the tree in the garden. And there's other places in Galatians it talks about cursed is anyone on a tree, and he became a curse for us, right? So jump further ahead. So now we're going to jump into John 4. So if you've got your Bibles, let's go ahead and turn it. John 4, and we'll start in verse 7. Very familiar passage. So, Lord, help us have new eyes. All right, we're going to talk a little bit about the woman at the well. Kind of unpack this a little bit, okay? All right, I'm going to start in verse 7. We're just going to read for a little bit. A woman of Samaria came to draw water. And Jesus said to her, give me a drink. For his disciples had gone away to the city to buy food. So the Samaritan woman said to him, how is it that you, though you are a Jew, are asking me for a drink, though I am a Samaritan woman? For Jews do not associate with Samaritans. Jesus replied to her, if you knew the gift of God and who it and who it is who is saying to you, give me a drink, you would have asked him, and he would have given you living water. And she said to him, sir, you have no bucket, and the well is deep. Where then do you get this living water? You are not greater than our father Jacob, are you, who gave us the well and drank of it himself and his sons and his cattle? Jesus answered and said to her, Everyone who drinks of this water will be thirsty again, but whoever drinks of the water that I will give shall never be thirsty, but the water that I give him will become in him a fountain of water springing up to eternal life. So here, you ever noticed in this story, if you guys have read this a bunch of times, I'm sure, you ever notice that Jesus never really answers any of her questions? <laughs> he just avoids all of her, her questions. And he just kind of says, kind of it's seemingly random statements to her. You know, what if a guy just like came up to you, be like, hey, can you give me a drink? And you're like, uh, why are you talking to me? And he's like, if you had known who you were talking to, you would ask me for a drink. I mean, seriously, think about this. If you were talking to somebody, this random conversation, I'd be like, what's wrong with this dude? What do you mean, give me, you're going to give me a drink. You're the one who asked me for a drink. And then, you know, he goes on and, and, uh, and she's like, hey, where are you going to get this drink from? You know, you don't have anything. And he says, anyone who drinks of this water will be thirsty again, but whoever drinks of the water that I give him shall never be thirsty, but the water that I give him will become in him a fountain of water springing up to eternal life. See, Jesus was trying to lay, trying to go at an issue within this woman's life without directly going after it. Because he knew, I believe he knew that if he had gone directly after what was going on in her life, she would have totally not, she would have totally missed it. So he's getting her to start thinking about this drink and about being thirsty and about living water. You know, and he starts talking about this. Jesus is trying to help the woman identify that there is a God-given thirst within her by talking about these things. That really, that, oh, wait a second. I, yeah. I do have a, this thirst. I do have a thirst. So let's start in verse 15. The woman said to him, Sir, give me this water so that I will not be thirsty nor come all the way here to draw water. And he said to her, Go call your husband and come here. Isn't that, isn't that weird? 
She asks, okay, she finally asks him for some water. He doesn't give her water. He, he tells her to go get her husband and, and bring him here. Why, why did he do that? Why didn't he give her a drink of water? Because what? He was there for her, yeah. He was pinpointing something. He was going after something in this woman's heart. He was first identifying, trying to help her identify. You have a hunger and you have a thirst within your heart. It's there. And then he, he starts to pinpoint, what are you feeling that thirst with? And then let's go on and read. He says, the woman answered and said to him, I have no husband. And Jesus said, you have, you have correctly said, I have no husband, for you have had five husbands, and the one that you now have is not your husband. This which you have said is true. And the woman said to him, sir, I perceive you're a prophet. <laughs> I know, that's, such a, that's a random, random line too. I perceive... So what does her husband have to do anything with giving her living water? Mm, that's right. Jesus was pinpointing something. He was touching on something. He gives her this word of knowledge about something, the thing that she's been trying to fill this thirst with, these was the, the love of a man, right? That she was seeking this to fill this hunger for God that God put there. It's not a bad thing, but yet she's trying to, to meet that need apart from God. Sound familiar? Eve was doing the same thing. Adam was doing the same thing. We do the same thing. Jesus was trying to help the woman to identify that she had been filling her spiritual thirst with the love of men. Jesus was offering the woman at the well what she had been looking for through instead of what she's really been looking for. This You want living water. You're thirsty for living water. The thirst that you have cannot be met and filled by anything. And what you have been trying to fill it with, it's just going to continue to end up in sin, in hurt, in baggage. And that's what happens every time we turn to something else to fill that thirst, except turn, well, uh, instead of turning to him to, to allow him to fill us. We were created to be filled by him. Created. I know, Josh, you were singing something like that. Well, you formed, what was that, that line you said about you formed? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's right on. That's, that's right on. We were created. I mean, that, I mean, you can't get any more clear. Lord, he's saying something today. Are you hearing what he's saying? I didn't talk to Josh what he was going to be singing about and all this other, you know. He, you were created for intimacy. He literally has an imprint waiting for you to be held by him. All right. So Jesus was offering the, this woman of the well this living water that was going to meet this God-given need within her that she had been trying her whole life to fill independently from God. And now she's the outcast of the, you know, we're not going to go into all the history. You guys have heard all the, the history of this stuff. Like she's getting water in the middle of the day. She's an outcast probably from uh, her village because of all of her baggage, because she's been divorced five times or who knows what, I mean, her husband's died and, you know, it doesn't really say, but... She, she, her life was messed up. 
because she was trying to meet that need apart from God. So we do the same, just fill in the blank. You know, we try to satisfy our thirst, you know, for God with fill in the blank. Entertainment. Some of us, drugs, alcohol. Some of us, success with our job. Some of us, money. Some of, you know, all of these things that we're trying to fill this hunger and this thirst and only one thing, only one thing can fill it. Nothing else. All right. We're going to jump a little to John 7. So uh, Travis, he was talking about this last week. And um, we're going to get into it a little bit here. John seven thirty seven. I'm going to start reading a little bit. And then we'll jump, jump down into some other areas here. All right, so John seven thirty seven. Now, on the last day, the great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried out, saying, If anyone is thirsty, let him come to me and drink. The one who believes in me, as the Scripture said, from his innermost being will flow rivers of living water. But this he said in reference to the Spirit whom those who believed in him were to receive, for the Spirit was not yet given because Jesus was not yet glorified. So who? So the question is not what is the water of life, who is the water of life? Holy Spirit. Jesus was referring to the Holy Spirit. Scripture is saying, this water, come to me and, and drink. This, you're going to drink from me the Holy Spirit. And he is the one. He is the only thing that is going to quench your thirst. He's the only thing that you will not thirst anymore. And it would actually bring life instead of bringing death to you from all the other things that you're trying to fill. All right, let's get into this. What feasts were they celebrating? Do you guys know what feasts they were actually celebrating? Yeah, tabernacles. They were, they were celebrating the Feast of Tabernacles. Does anybody know what the Feast of Tabernacles, what that is? What? I think I heard something. Oh, <laughs> yeah. What was the Feast of Tabernacles? Anybody? <laughs> What's that? Sort of, Yeah. What, what, what were they celebrating? What historical act were they celebrating through this feast? That's right. The, so they were, they were celebrating their deliverance from Egypt, right? And then they were tabernacling for 40 years in the desert, and God was taking care of them, right? So they call it, there's all other names for it. Sabbat, I think. Shabbat or Sabbat, Sabbat or Sakat, Sakat. That's it, that's it. Thank I know it was an S word. <laughs> I'm not a Hebrew scholar here, but yeah, but, but basically they were celebrating their, I don't know why you would celebrate because 40 years in the wilderness, it was pretty rough if you had read, you know, Exodus and Numbers and stuff, but there was awesome too. So, um, you know, so they were celebrating this feast and here's why I think Jesus, out of all the feasts, he makes this statement. You ever think about that? Why at this feast? Why not, like, I don't know, Passover feast, or why not the Feast of Weeks, or, you know, any of these other feasts? That he, he, he stands up in the, the Feast of Tabernacles that really doesn't have anything to do with water, and he says, come and drink, because living water is going to flow out of you when you drink from me. You ever, you ever think about that? All right, well, let's go and find out why he said that. Let's turn to Exodus 17, 1 through 7. And I'm going to kind of jump around. I, I, you guys can just listen, too, because I'm going to jump around a little bit, give you guys a bunch of uh, scripture here. So then all the congregation of the sons of Israel journeyed by stages from the wilderness of sin, which I think is... It's ironic, you know, according to the command of the Lord, encamped at Rephidim. 
And there was no water for the people to drink. So the people quarreled with Moses and said, Give us water so we may drink. And Moses said to them, Why do you quarrel with me? Why do you test the Lord? For the people were thirsty for water there, and they grumbled against Moses and said, Why is it that you have brought us up from Egypt to kill us and our children and our livestock with thirst? So Moses cried out to the Lord, saying, What am I to do with this people? A little more and they will stone me. Then the Lord said to Moses, Pass before the people and take with you some of the elders of Israel and take in your hand the staff by which you struck the Nile and go. Behold, I will stand before you there on the rock of Horeb, and you shall strike the rock, and the water will come out of it so that people may drink." And Moses did so in the sight of the elders. Then he named the place Massah and Meribah because of the quarreling of the sons of Israel and because they tested the Lord, saying, Is the Lord among us or not? So here you go. You got the Israelites who are literally in their tabernacles. You know, they're in their, their tents, their dwelling places in the desert. And they're saying, We're thirsty. Fill us, Moses. You know, you know, wah, wah, wah. They're complaining <laughs> and they're grumbling. I mean, we would be too. Gosh, we're in the desert and you're like thirsty. Um, and here they are. God tells Moses to go strike a rock and have people come to the rock and drink. Isn't that weird? You guys ever think about this? Sometimes we just read through Scripture and we're like, and we're just like we just kind of accept everything. We don't really question. But I encourage you guys, these are... Ask the Holy Spirit, why, why did you do this, Lord? What does this have to do with anything? Why did he strike a rock? Why didn't he strike the ground? Why didn't he strike a tree? Why didn't he strike Aaron? I don't know. You know, like, why a rock? Because here's the deal. He was prophesying. He was pointing to somebody, and he was pointing to an event. Okay, you can turn here if you want. I'm just going to read 1 Corinthians 10, 3, and 4. And they all ate the same spiritual food, speaking of the Israelites in the desert, and they all drank the same spiritual drink. For they were drinking from a spiritual rock which followed them, and the rock was Christ. So you got this symbolism of, you know, the Lord prophesying to really Pentecost, and then Jesus stands up during the Feast of Tabernacles, during the time that they're celebrating them being out in the desert, them tabernacling, where they drank from a rock, and I don't know how this works in Scripture. I don't know if I haven't gotten to it yet, but Scripture doesn't totally explain this. But other than 1 Corinthians 10, it says that there was a spiritual rock that followed them around. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if that was an actual rock that followed them in the desert, you know, wherever they went. And Moses would speak to it, break, hit it. I don't know what. All I know, though, is that the rock was Christ, and the water was the Holy Spirit. And Jesus was standing in, uh, the, during that feast, and he's saying, Come to me, all who you are thirsty, and I will give you drink. Drink from me. Isn't that what he says? Let him come to me and drink. The one who believes in me, as the scripture said, from his innermost being will flow rivers of living water. All right. So Jesus is the rock. The Holy Spirit is the water. All right, we're going to jump through here. And even to go even beyond this picture, John 19, 34, it says, But one of the soldiers pierced his side with a spear, and immediately what came out of him? Blood and water flowed out of him. What's the blood symbolize? That's right. The shedding of blood for the forgiveness of sins, right? The blood, the flowing of the blood. Obviously, we, we're saved by the, the blood of Jesus. We are born again through the forgiveness of sins of, 
because of his blood being washed over us, right, by covering our sin. And then what does the water represent? The what? <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's it can't yeah, it can symbolize that. I believe it I believe it symbolizes Holy Spirit. I believe as him being the spiritual rock, out of him spiritual water flowed. This is a picture of both the forgiveness, the being born again, I believe, and of being filled and baptized in the Holy Spirit. All right, because out of him will come rivers of living water, right? Okay. So we, we have a spiritual thirst that only the Holy Spirit, hopefully I've established here, that only the Holy Spirit can fill. Only him. Intimacy. How much closer can you get to somebody than them actually living inside of you and on you, right? The Holy Spirit, he wants to fill us. He wants to meet our need for him that he created. You know, when he created us, he knew all this stuff was going to take place. He knew Adam was going to fall. He knew that Jesus was going to have to die. Jesus knew he was going to have to die. When the, when, the, when the triune God, when they were putting this plan together, they knew all this stuff was going to happen, and they knew, okay, when I make Adam this way, he's, I'm going to put this hunger and need for us, the Holy Spirit, in him so that when Jesus, when you die on the cross and when you're raised from the dead and, and you baptize him in the Holy Spirit, you're going to fill that need for us in him. This is his plan. All right. So, you know, and you guys all know this. Um, he wants us to be continually filled with his Holy Spirit. Ephesians 5.18, do not get drunk with wine for his debauchery, but be ever filled and stimulated by the Holy Spirit. Be ever filled with the Spirit. Some people say that when you you have a, and, and you know, and it's, ever filled. Do you ever notice? It's like not one time. Be ever filled. Be continually filled. And why does it point to alcohol? Why does it point to wine? You ever, you ever think about that? It's intoxicating, but what do you do to it? You drink it. You and I were created to drink of the Holy Spirit. You and I were created to drink from Jesus out of him. He would send the Holy Spirit, and we were to drink. He said, come to me, all you are thirsty. Drink from me, and I will give you living water. I'll give you permission to drink. <laughs> Get drunk on the Holy Spirit. Acts 2, they looked like they were drunk. They were like, it's 9 in the morning. Why are you drunk? They're like, we're not drunk. We're filled with the Holy Spirit. But they were acting drunk. And some of you guys, you know, you've been in the charismatic circle long enough. You're going to see people getting filled with the Holy Spirit. They look like they're drunk. Staggering around, stopping around, I don't know, acting crazy. <laughs> but it's really the joy of the Lord. Right. Okay, cool. So you guys know this. So drink. And, you know, some people say, oh, I've received the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Oh, I was, well, for, some people say, oh, I was born again. I had I, I, the Holy Spirit's living in me. I don't need any kind of second time baptism of the Holy Spirit. First off, that's not biblical. And listen to uh, Travis's podcast, and he'll go through that with you. And, uh, there is the infilling of the Holy Spirit when Jesus breathed on the disciples where they were regenerated. And then there was the empowering of the Holy Spirit that came on the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And now some people say, oh, I received the baptism of the Holy Spirit. I don't need any more. 
I've talked to Christians who said this. Oh, I don't need any. No, you don't have to pray for me. I have it by faith. I am, I am filled with the Holy Spirit. I received the baptism of the Holy Spirit when I was 15 years old to you know, do this whole thing. And it's like, this is not biblical, first off. And why would you ever limit God to be like one time you get a feeling from God? You know, and to prove this, I'm going to read Acts 4, 29, 31 for any of you guys out there that are believing this craziness. And now, Lord, look at their threats. This is James and John. They just got beat by, like, you know, preaching Jesus, and they're coming back to the believers, and they're getting together, and they're praying, and they're probably bleeding and wounded and, you know, praying this prayer. And now, Lord, look at their threats and grant it to your bondservants to speak your word with all confidence while you extend your hand to heal and signs and wonders take place through you, the name of your holy servant, Jesus. And when they had prayed, the place where they had gathered together was shaken and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak the word of God with boldness. It's talking about James and John here. Last time I checked, they were at Pentecost. Last time I checked, Peter preached at Pentecost, and 3,000 people came into the church. He was filled again here. We need to be filled and refilled and refilled. Be filled continually with the Spirit. Don't get drunk on wine. All right. A lot of you guys know this, but I have to lay this foundation because I've heard this. I've heard this stuff, and I'm just like, "What Bible are you reading?" All right. So the Lord wants us to be filled with the Holy Spirit, and then He also wants us to give Him a drink in His name. Mark ten four says, "And whoever gives one of these little ones just a cup of cold water to drink in the name of a disciple, truly I say to you, he shall by no means lose his reward." Now I do believe this is practical servanthood of actually giving somebody a drink of water, like maybe like the homeless guy that came last week. But I also believe that this is us giving a drink of the Holy Spirit to people around us to give them a taste, to wake them up of what they're actually thirsty for, that they're seeking through drugs, that they're seeking through promiscuity, that they're seeking through success in business and all this money and whatever, all these things, to give them a taste of what they're really searching for. That should give us somewhat of a compassion for the lost because most of them are completely ignorant of what they're looking for and what they're going after. Before I was saved, I didn't know what I wanted. I didn't know what I needed until I tasted him. And I was like, literally, I was praying what we were singing. You fulfill every longing. Where have you been my whole life? When I experienced the Lord, I literally said that. I think I said that. I'm pretty sure I said that. Where have you been my whole life? I have been looking for you. I did actually say that. I remember because I, I, I gave my life to the Lord when I was a, a young boy. My mom led me to the Lord, and I was like miraculously healed of some stuff. And then I just kind of like wasn't really disciple, kind of fell away. And then I remember when I was like 17 years old, my sister, I was a mess. I was into all kinds of stuff. And my sisters and my mom, they were worried about me, you know. And my sisters, they brought me to this church, this charismatic church. I was, grew up in like a Lutheran and Methodist church. Brought me to this charismatic church. I remember walking in the front door, and I was like, oh, my gosh. What is this? And then I remember worship started, and I was like, oh, my gosh. I began to feel the Holy Spirit. I began to feel the, the presence of God on my life. And I was like, oh my gosh, it's you. I remember meeting you when I was eight years old in my bedroom praying with my mom. Where have you been? And, it, and the rest is history. I mean, only he can fulfill all of our longings and thirstings. But I had no clue. I was just so ignorant. And, you know, so were the lost. Most of them are. They have no idea what they're thirsty for. They have no idea why they're doing the things that they do, all the sin and stuff that, they, that we, sometimes Christians, we judge them about. 
They're just trying to meet a God-given need in their life with other junk, independently of God. So we are called to be filled and then to give a drink of water to those around us. And um, real quick, uh, you know, we just just kind of some practical examples of this. I remember one time Heather and I we went up to uh, the the falls, um, and we were we were talking uh, with this one friend of ours, and we just got around. We were sitting outside on the on the porch, and we were just kind of talking. And I was beginning to talk about the Lord in this guy's life, and we all felt it, like the presence of God, the manifest presence of God, just kind of came. And sat, and he began to weep and weep, and we were all kind of like tearing up because we all felt the Lord, His presence, and it was, and it, it was it was doing something within. He was getting a taste of who the Holy Spirit was and who He is, and he was getting a taste of oh my gosh, where have you been all my life? I've been thirsty for you. I remember one time, uh, Heather and I, we went to a yard sale, because Heather loves yard sales. And uh, we were at a yard sale, and I decided to go with her this time, because I'll be honest, I'm not a fan of yard sales. And, um, and we went up, and this, there's a lady that, uh, and I'm looking through junk, you know, lots of junk. And, um, and I found a sweater. Um, to burn. And then... Um, so no, and but like you know, I'm looking through drunk, and I get, keep getting this pulling, getting this pulling over, and I, you know, by this lady who's like running the yard sale, you know, and I'm just kind of like, okay, Lord, okay, okay, I'm, I know, by now I know that's the Lord, you know, kind of saying, trying to show me what He's doing, and I'm like, okay, Lord, what are you doing? What are you doing with this lady? You know, and I just kind of got this little, little bit of downloads of stuff, you know, some words, some words of knowledge and stuff for her. And uh, so, I, you know, I was like, all right, okay, you know, I go up to her, and I'm just, you know, kind of nervous, We're like, hey, um, you know, it's kind of weird, I'm Christian, I don't want any of your junk, no, I didn't say that, <laughs> but I was like, you know, but, you know, the Lord loves you, and I feel like he wants to share this, and I began to share all the stuff about her life that the Lord had given me, and she just begins to, to bawl, and she's like, Please, please pray for me. Pray for me. So I was like, Heather, Heather, come over. Heather got up looking at some junk, and she came over. And, and we just began to, like, lay hands on her and pray for her. And she was getting touched. She's like, oh, my gosh. She began to, like, feel the presence of God, the Holy Spirit, touching her. This is at a yard sale, random somewhere in Wilmington. And I was just giving her a drink because the father saw his potential daughter and seeing that she was looking for love in all the wrong places, and she just needed to taste the real thing. She just needed a drink to get her connected to him. And so, you know, she was blessed, and we, uh, we blessed her, and it was awesome. I mean, you know, and um, it was the woman at the well, but this time it was the woman at the art sale. <laughs> You know, but I wasn't Jesus, but Jesus was in me, giving her a drink of his Holy Spirit, this living water, where inside, it, she, I'm, I'm sure she was saying, where have you been my whole life? I have been looking for you in so many different areas coming up short, and here you are. All right. So I want to encourage you guys. And I feel like there's like a theme that like we just need to be going after and, you know, that he's talking to us over the past, you know, two weeks now that let's be filled. It's okay. And you ask, well, how do you be filled? Ask. Come to me, all who are thirsty. Drink from me. Jesus 
Ask him. Ask him to fill you. And you're, and this is not just like, let's be real here. I mean, we can encounter God and get filled at church, but, man, you've got to be asking this stuff in your time with the Lord by yourself every day. Lord, fill me. Keep filling me. You, your word says to be continually filled with your Holy Spirit and not drunk on wine. So fill me to overflowing, not just for myself, not just so that I get spiritually that need met, yes, but that others around me can get a drink and taste of you, that they could experience the supernatural power of the Holy Spirit that is coming out of my life in my intimacy with you, that it's a natural overflow of me experiencing you, knowing you, that other people start getting wet with the Holy Spirit, if you know what I'm saying. Because the Holy Spirit's coming out of you like a river of living water. You're like Charles Finney. You, start, you walk into a, a factory, and every bit buddy is on the floor and begins to weep and repent and confess their sins in front of everybody because the presence of God is so heavy and, and saturated on, on your life that it leaks out and it affects everything around you. When you go to work, that people come around you and all of a sudden they start telling you about all their sins and all their problems and you say, huh, that's Holy Spirit stirring something up in them. That's your opportunity to be like, all this stuff you're searching for, all these problems and issues that you have, there's one, there's one thing. There's one thing. It's not complicated. There's one thing you're looking for. There's one thing that you're seeking after. It's him. And pray for him. Get the Holy Spirit all over him. <laughs> Man, do it at work. Do it at the Walmart. Do it at the yard sale, <laughs> right? Do it at church. Do it at your home group.